0: Welcome to the Innovation Room.
1: If you're a business leader,
0: a change champion,
1: or someone who wants to feel a little closer to how digital transformation is changing the world,
0: put your smartphone aside, sit back, and indulge in the world of software,
1: the world of endless possibilities.
0: Innovation is messy in nature. It needs the space and freedom to thrive. But to be sustainable, it needs the structure and the boundaries. In my opinion, this is the biggest challenge for businesses that want to lead with innovation. So I'm always looking for people who are wrestling with this challenge and love to hear their thoughts, insights and processes. Today, I'm hosting Elliot Prince, our Director of Product Design at Geeks. We talk about the North Star framework, a beautiful constraint aimed at enabling sustainable innovation. Elliot has extensive experience of working with business leaders to build software products that help them navigate the road between their vision and the reality. I'm Somaya, CEO at Geeks. Welcome to the Innovation Room. So you know where you are, Elliot, in the innovation room. <laughs> yes. Who would you want to have with you in the innovation room?
1: I think that's a really difficult question because there's lots of people who I would want to, to innovate with. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to have a team eventually, but my should pro-
0: I should I put a size on the
1: room so you don't go? Well, I'm just going to pick one person today. All right. Uh, but then I will I will want more in the future. I think I would pick uh, Clive Sinclair. Do you know who Clive Sinclair is? No idea. He's, a, he's an inventor. He uh, created the ZX Spectrum. So it was, a, it was quite early in the days of computing. And it was a product created in, in Britain that sort of competed with Atari in the US. And it was really, really good. And he'd had this kind of idea knocking around for quite a long time. And he had the kind of drive and the desire to return really it into a product, which was really great. The problem with Clive Sinclair is his last idea was an was electric car. But it was more like an electric sort of cycle that you sit in, um, yeah. called the C five. I don't know if you.
0: How, how long? How long ago was
1: he? C five was in the eighties. This was released, um, and it wasn't enormously successful, but it was primarily because he the, a the battery technology wasn't quite there yet. It's a little bit ahead of its time. And there were some regulations he had to comply to. So in order for it to be under a certain cost and not need number plates and so on, it had to go slower than 15 miles an hour. It didn't really work out. But despite that, I still think it was a really good idea.
0: You're keeping an innovation that didn't work out against him. Uh, No. That's harsh.
1: I I, I think I want to include him because he was willing to do something that was so far ahead of its time that it didn't quite work out. And that's that's bravery. He lost, like, all of his money on this, pretty much. But that kind of commitment to say, no, I believe this is a thing, I'm going to do it, is something that appeals to me.
0: Cool. Brings us to the topic of... This episode, which I ask you to kindly dedicate some time to talk in the innovation room about the North Star metric. I'm a big fan of innovation, obviously. I'm a big fan of putting some boundaries around innovation to make it real Mm. and sustainable, something Mm. that can fund itself in a way which is probably the restriction you have in the more SME world. When you, when you want to do innovation, you don't have all the money in the world to, mm. to, to spend on innovation. So you have to be a bit more disciplined. Mm. Can you tell our audience what, like a quick introduction to what the North Star metric is and what's the impact of it?
1: So uh, a North Star metric is one number that represents the value a software product will deliver for its users. It's um, a way of focusing your product roadmap and uh, making measuring that what you are actually releasing is delivering the business value that you're looking for.
0: So in your experience, we've done it at Geeks for, for a while now on our internal tools, which is, which is a whole different challenge when you do it on internal software. But we have started to do that for, for some of our clients. Mm. So in your opinion, what is the most challenge in defining one number for the whole product that is going to drive what we
1: do often especially with the sorts of things that we deliver for our clients there's lots of benefits really deciding actually what's the most important thing for the people using it is tricky and no no framework is perfect this was a framework that was developed in a you know product-based business where you are take an example maybe you've got a a SaaS product that is um, a tasks system. It's just for you managing your time. It does one thing. Quite often when you're working with enterprise software, it's touching lots of parts of the business. And the the challenge sometimes is saying, well, actually, should we have one metric or should we have 10? And the answer to that is usually, if you think beyond the 10 that you're thinking of, there's usually one core thing that you're trying to achieve. But we don't always have to use you know, the framework in, in that way, and say there can only be one. You can even have, if you break your product up into different parts, you can have one for each.
0: Where is the, do you know where's the history of it? Where does it start? Who started this?
1: That's a good question. Um, I think, if I remember rightly, it comes from Google, but I might be wrong.
0: Where does it start? It? Who who started the concept?
1: So I, I believe it was popularized in the 2010s by a guy called Sean Ellis. Not sure who he was working for at the time. Um, not, it, Google. N- not Google. Not Google, they may have <laughs> Probably. <before>. That's now <laughs> going to be incongruous because we hadn't. We, we were going to cut the Google stuff out. you ruined it now. No, it's fine. We could have it.
0: There's true. a guy called Sean Ellis.
1: I don't know anything about him or who he is or where he was working, but I read somewhere it was him. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's all we get.
0: When we started implementing it on some of our internal tools, mm. it was quite insightful because when we started Asking that question, how much time it took us to agree on what is the actual value we are trying to add with some of the tools that we have and the process of thinking and becoming clear about it was quite quite Mm. interesting, challenging definitely, but quite interesting. How do you pick one? What's the impact when you pick one?
1: It's a good way of moving your thinking beyond what's the problem I've got to... How are we actually going to solve that problem? Usually, it's quite easy to identify there's something not quite right in the business and, hey, there's a software solution that might help us solve that. The challenge then becomes, well, how do we solve that? And how do we solve that in a way that adds value to the people who are using our system? Some of the things we've talked about, we you have to be careful that you don't create what's called a vanity metric. So for you as a leader of a business, it might be useful for... I don't know, people to spend lots of time using something because you don't want them to deviate from processes. But for the people who are using it, that might not actually allow them to do their job. Um, Or you might be creating a perverse incentive. So some of the conversations are around, well, actually, what do we, you know, what do we, doing with this product that helps people achieve their job and sometimes it is making them more efficient but sometimes it's providing them with more information when they need it at the right time. Sometimes it's actually just removing steps from them so what it does is it moves that conversations away from thinking negatively about something to thinking what's the most impact we can have.
0: I just remember the latest conversation we had around the North Star for our CRM Yes, and we don't do volume sales. No, so our CRM North Star wouldn't be something like to to process like more leads or to close more sales. The process of understanding what's the purpose of what's the value of the CRM to to the sales team was quite interesting. To get to the point of actually the value of the CRM to them is to be able to provide a better relationship better to make a stronger meaningful relationship with the prospects they are talking to so they can advise them and help them along the process and I found that very insightful in terms of when you want to add and I know we have had that debate about like is it (laughs) is it a guardrail or is it just a measurement framework but I think you cannot help but thinking about the North Star when you're thinking about the future for example our CRM the CRM in our world, the purpose of it or the measurement for it is about how much it helps the team to create meaningful relationship with the prospects, then the kind of features you would add are gonna be different yes. from the ones that you would add if if it's about the volume, yeah. and, you know, number of leads that you We're have We're coming to at it from
1: two perspectives. One is how do we validate that the features we've added are actually adding value after the fact. And that's what the measurement does. You see the number moving in the right direction how we've added some great features here but it can also inform what you design or what you design when or what features you release at what time you know it can be it can be used as both things and i think it, it you know every organisation is different and i suspect as with anything in the software industry when people talk about a north star it's probably not one thing and it's not used in one way, it's used in many different ways. I've
0: started the example of CRMs. So think about Salesforce or other CRMs that are general purpose kind yes. of CRMs. I would struggle to think how they could be the right solution for everybody because mm. they couldn't have defined an orthostar specific to each business. So they couldn't have added the features that would support or drive that north star metric Mm. which then means you're missing out you can't like that's why the value of bespoke software development is always about you know it it is designed for what's the challenge you want to solve or what's the goal you want to achieve Mm. do you think so i struggle but have you seen examples of north star metric for a generic like big software projects that
1: works I think it so. This is when I say different organisations use it differently. The the ones we tend to see for SaaS products are things like you know number of active users or retention or. Um,
0: but that's not the value add to the users.
1: It's it's not, but it is a value add to their business, and it drives the business impact they're looking for. When you're using. You know, when you're designing something for a specific business rather than to truncate it for many businesses you can move beyond that and say well actually you know we're not trying here to get all of your sales team to use this CRM they're going to. We don't need to design features that make it sticky for them because Mm -hmm. they don't really have a choice. What we can do then is think about what's the most value they're going to add to drive that impact and how do we measure that they're doing it. When we talked about our CRM, it was about making sure that people were having those frequent interactions. And they were gathering, you know, the right kind of insights into that customer's business and what, how we could deliver value for them. That is very different from a product-based North Star, I think. And again, it goes back to that principle that it's a framework, you adapt it, you use it in different ways, in different contexts.
0: Mm. I'm bringing more examples, by the way, because it, the examples help me to understand of course, um, yeah. the framework better and see the value of it. And mm. uh, So we did that exercise for WordUp, the vocabulary English language app that we have, Mm. uh, which is a b2c app so it's different from the internal tools and stuff which has million users and so that that's exciting to see what is the actual value you're trying to add to those to those users mm. and the process of getting to that what is the value do you remember what the north star was and how we i, I got do
1: i do exactly so when we started talking about the north star for WordUp, our you know initial thinking was well, we what we're trying to achieve here is increase the number of users but that actually is something that represents value to us as the people that developed WordUp. It doesn't represent value to the people using it. There might be other situations where that is value for the user if it requires a community of people, let's say. So we then sort of started thinking of, well, okay, the goal here is people to increase their vocabulary. How do you increase your vocabulary? What is the thing that we could measure that would tell us if people are increasing their vocabulary? So you could look at the number of words they say they know. But when we thought about that, we thought that's a lagging indicator. What you really want is something that's a leading indicator that you can influence. So we'll know that the features are right because they're learning more words. That doesn't really help us. Then we started to think about what is the way that you do increase your vocabulary. And what kind of a lot of the research says is it's about habit forming. So if you use WordUp every day or every few days regularly, you will start to see the benefits of it. Until that point, we hadn't actually measured how frequently people were opening it. Were they opening it every day? And when you look at that, what you saw was the people that had the largest vocabularies were the people that were using it the most and daily. So then your next thinking is, well, actually, if we want to then increase the value of this app to its users, let's incentivize people to use it frequently. And you'll see this on lots of things where you kind of you, you add a feature of gamification. Mm-hmm. Because people people will do quite a lot for a little star. <laughs> yeah. For feeling like they're achieving something. Yeah. And as long as you're showing them that they're achieving something because that has a, you know, positive effect on them as an individual. It's not just for you as a business, then I think that's a good it's a good thing to do.
0: I remember the first time you brought the concept to me. You did say, "Listen, this is not a business framework. We do not use it to make business decision. It's a specific software designing or product designing framework." But I can't help it. So yes. this North Star for WordUp. Mm-hmm is impacting the conversations we are having around the subscription model. Yes. Like, how can we incentivize with the subscription model to use the app more, like, more frequently, longer? It changes your mindset about how do we get them to be higher paid subscription model? Mm. Or how do you completely change that to say, like, that for the user to see the value, they need to be using it more, more frequently, longer every day. So how can we form that habit how can Mm. we incentivize them or uh, create so it does impact i can't help it it does impact the business decisions yeah
1: no no my 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 point was never to say that it shouldn't influence those decisions, but it won't tell you what they are yeah that's the thing you can't use it to say okay now i've got my north star no i know exactly how we should design our subscription model it can't but it informs the conversation that's the point because it's bringing Rather than that discussion about the subscription model becoming, well, how much revenue can we make? It becomes, how do we, deliver the value to the users that we want, and make revenue. Because ultimately, that's what businesses yeah. need to do.
0: Which interestingly, again, take me to another example. Uh, probably a lot of people know. Netflix. Do you know what their north of is? I, I
1: don't know what the current one is. But I know that there was a time when, back in their old DVD days, they were one of the organizations who kind of used a version of this very early on. And they used to have a metric was they want their customers to order three... DVDs a month. That was their metric. Now it's a little bit of a of a. You could argue it's a little bit of a vanity metric, but I think what they saw there was the value that you would get from that service would be greater if you were using it more frequently. Mm. Um, oh, it's obviously, value for them because they make more
0: money. Well, how would you change it then? Because I have my own views on what their their North law should be, but like, how would you? If well, you were going to pick it, how would you? In order
1: to, to talk about that, we kind of need to take a step back and and discuss one of the concepts that's. That's useful in framing your North Star, and that is the game that you're playing. And there are three, three ways that you're, and any kind of software can add value to people. Either you're looking for people's attention. So that's usually kind of newspapers are a good example of that. You're looking to play a transaction game, if you like. So you're looking to increase the number of times that people transact with you and make that easier. Or it's productivity. You're helping people. You know, achieve something more efficiently. Good example of transaction, obviously, is an e commerce site that's very straightforward. Good example of a productivity might be that task system that I talked about before. So, when we're thinking about Netflix, we have to think about that, well, really, they're playing an attention game. It's a subscription model, right? So, there's no transactions happening. It's for entertainment. There's no productivity game there. Their metric has got to be, you know, I would frame it as the amount of time people are spending on their platform watching content. What that means is if they're measuring that and their content that they're producing is not great <laughs> or their buying is not great, that number is going to go down. So that helps inform those business decisions. But equally, what it means is they might, when they're thinking about their product roadmap, they might want to prioritize making sure that their system or their, their product is available on as many platforms as possible. And that is, I mean, you can see that in the real world. That's the definitely something they have been targeting. We want Netflix to be available as, on as many different devices and as many different contexts as we possibly can because yeah. that increases the attention. And that adds value to customers because they can... Or
0: does it? I would challenge something like Netflix. If they want to be a responsible business, mm. they should measure the happiness of the users after they have spent time.
1: Well, and it's a
0: bit lagging, I yes, know. So but, but it, I, and I think to drive that happiness, you, mm. need, you need to serve them the content they want to watch rather than lots of random stuff that comes up and because you don't have anything else to do you just keep watching and then you're like that was that was two hours of my life i'm not going to get back
1: the only challenge i would have to measuring happiness is what if you're watching a horror film or what if you're watching Well, if you
0: like horror film you're going to feel happy after i
1: don't don't know people watch (laughs) horror films to make themselves happy i don't know
0: something that would show that when as a result of watching you you watch something you wanted to watch
1: this is an uh, a useful conversation to frame what it could be. So okay, taking that into account, you could say, actually, we're not interested in the total amount of time people spend. What we are interested in is that, that when they start watching something, they, mostly, they keep watching. They mostly finish it because they're engaged. Yeah, it's yeah that would content. be another. Yeah. Look, be there's good. going to be other factors. I can, like, I can
0: settle. I can settle With that, that
1: one, okay, fine. <laughs> there might be other factors. Somebody rings the doorbell. Yeah. Some there's some other intrusion. That, but you in the, you in can't the, if you measure
0: it like over a month or something, then yeah,
1: but it, that would you know, be if it's at the trend's in the right direction, that's yeah. good. And if you keep producing crappy content, people start watching the first five minutes and going, "Well, not interested yeah. in this Squid Game." And thing, we talked about
0: you. You mentioned it's a subscription, so it's not it's attention.
1: Yes.
0: Um, So we have a similar business like Amazon Prime. Yes. Amazon. Amazon does things differently. So you have the subscription, then you spend a lot of money while you're in the app buying the contents that are not free. Yeah. Um, So that makes Amazon Prime not an attention game. Would you say that? (sighs)
1: Yes, definitely. It's definitely it's still transactions. Um, again, it depends what, what you're looking at. If you're looking at prime video, that's different from the kind of e-commerce side. I think with one of the, the kind of important ones I've seen for other e-commerce sites, and I suspect Amazon is probably similar, is they're not, you know, you could look at it and say, we're just, we want a metric that tells us the value of people's baskets, that they're buying more stuff. That's not value for the customer. Mm -hmm. So quite often what you find is people are measuring the total number of items delivered on time because that is the value that they're delivering. Now, as your input metrics, you're then going to have, do we have enough customers? Are they ordering enough things?
0: Then you see Amazon enters the sports
1: yeah, sec- section sectoral, of the um, yeah.
0: media where Netflix hasn't. Yes. And that's where Amazon is selling a lot of those sports events mm. um, and things like that, where it doesn't, probably doesn't work with the Netflix yeah. subscription. Well,
1: and this is, again, how the North Star framework doesn't tell you what to do, but it informs the decision. So you could very easily see that actually Netflix and Amazon Prime Video have exactly the same North Star. But actually your strategy for moving that number in the right direction could be completely different.
0: Because the game they play is different. Well, even if it's the same game.
1: If they're both both looking... Let's let's, let's take a step back and say they're both looking just to increase attention. There's two ways you could achieve that in a video world. One is, hey, we're going to stream live sporting events because we know people really like those. There might be less...
0: Thinking Amazon, that's not what they think. That's what they think is probably we stream sports because that's what people pay for
1: but it also would attract their attention people are willing to spend time watching that netflix might say actually no our strategy is to produce content that can be watched by many people but it doesn't matter when necessarily unless you are on twitter a lot in which case you can't watch anything too late otherwise it gets ruined you know it's a slightly different strategy but you can still be moving the north star the same north star in the same right direction with those different yes. strategies
0: and how often would you change the North Star or do you change the North Star?
1: So I think you should. How often, I think, depends on your business objectives, what you're trying to achieve. Let's say you're developing a product for use by your employees. You have an annual plan, you might review it every year and say, is this still representing value? Are they still doing the same job? Is the business still the same as it was 12 months ago? If not, OK, well, then we change it. We're trying to achieve something slightly different. I think... If you look at our business, three years ago we might have tried to achieve something slightly different or even five years ago something slightly different with CRM than we would do today because that strategy has changed.
0: We talked about the benefits of the North Star, like the alignment it brings to Mm. different parts of the business, the focus it brings, Mm. the accountability, transparency, those kind of elements that just makes everything more clear Mm. And, and the whole team is going to be more focused and hopefully you end up adding more value to the users, which means the business is going to be more successful as a result and the innovation becomes sustainable. Yes. But like anything else, I'm sure there is some sort of... Cons Mm. in picking a North Star. Can you think of of some of the cons that choosing a North Star would have?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you imagined what the value to your users are and you haven't actually done the research to find out, then you could be actually delivering features that move your North Star, but your North Star actually isn't relevant to the people using it. So you've really got to know who your audience is or who your user base is and why they're using it and what value they get. You might have to start by guessing. Another thing might be actually that you don't change either the product roadmap or the actual features themselves. In it's being response, fixated. Yes, exactly, in somebody. response to new information. Um, because you go, well, I've got my North Star, we've got to, we've got to stick with the North Star now. It's, again, nothing is, is perfect. You may then need to ch- tweak it or change it if you've got more information coming in.
0: How often um, would you would you say you would want to validate
1: I think it depends on the business. Sometimes you might want to, if it's a product used internally by teams, you might want to do it every 12 months. If it's, you know, you've got a longer term strategy, it's a bigger business with a product that isn't likely to change a lot. You know, an e-commerce site isn't gonna massively change. You might look at it every three to five years. It depends how quickly your strategy changes or the situation in which people are using it changes. B2C world is very different from a sort of a enterprise world.
0: Do you have any word of advice for any business who wants to try this on their product?
1: Uh, yes. Don't just focus on the actual North Star metric itself. Think about, first define the long-term business or the short-to-medium-term business benefit you want to deliver. Then think about what North Star allows you to deliver that value to users that will give you that benefit. But then think about the component parts. And actually the inputs are... Um, and these are, you know, three to five numbers you could measure that help drive that North Star. They're equally as important. And if you focus on moving those inputs in the right direction, you will drive the North Star, which drives the value.
0: So thank you, Elliot. As, as always, it's nice to have a chat with you. We can add some links to the podcast when we publish it for people who want to know more about it and have some resources to read more and and apply. And I'm sure you'll be available to answer any questions if anyone wants to. to
1: Contact me on LinkedIn if you want to know more. If this was my podcast, I would end it with go away now.
0: Well, it's not.
1: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the Innovation Room. Want to learn more about what we do? Or want to be our next guest? head over to the Geeks website, www.geeks.ltd. We look forward to welcoming you again soon.